Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. Just Finance Foundation proudly sponsors Teachers Talk Radio for Talk Money Week. Join us from Saturday the 4th of November for a week of incredible guests and thought-provoking discussions on how teachers can talk about money in the classroom. Tune in, be inspired and empower the future generation. Teachers Talk Radio, sponsored by Just Finance Foundation, helping children manage money wisely. Visit our website for the schedule and details, justfinancefoundation.org.uk. Good morning and thank you, Lucy. Yes, um, starting on Monday, it is Talk Money Week. So we're getting ahead of the game here on Saturday, the 4th of November. Um, And if you don't know what Talk Money Week is, um, it's a week which is an opportunity for everyone to get involved with events and activities across the UK, which help people have more open conversations about their money, from pocket money to pensions. But also financial education and talking about money is not just for a week. And hopefully um, our four shows this week will help to continue these conversations all year round. So whether you're going back to work on Monday, whether you're in the second week of half term two, whether you're permanently on half term, um, we encourage you really to use this week as an opportunity to talk about any aspect of money. And it's really important because as we recover from COVID and the pandemic and the impact of the pandemic and also with the current cost of living pressures, it's more important than ever that we get support for money worries. And research shows that people who talk about money make better and less risky financial decisions. They have stronger personal relationships. They help their children form good lifetime money habits and they feel less stressed or anxious and more in control. And so building money conversations into our everyday lives also helps us to build financial confidence and resilience to face whatever the future throws at us. And this year, um, we are asking you, our Teachers Talk Radio listeners, and in fact, um, everybody across the United Kingdom to do one thing that can help to improve your financial well-being and make a noise about it and inspire others to do the same. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be as simple as checking the address on your pension. And teachers, you know, a lot of teachers don't check their pensions. So that could be one thing you can do. It might be having a conversation with your form group about pocket money or about spending. Um, So what we want you, the wonderful Teachers Talk Radio audience to do, is decide on the one thing you're going to do Um, to talk money this week tell everyone about it and encourage other people to do the same and hopefully to give you some ideas um, we've got two fantastic guests so our first guest that we're going to hear from is Craig DeVos. Craig is a programme manager at GAMCARE and GAMCARE um, delivers interactive workshops directly to young people, providing them with the facts about gambling and gaming in an open and non-judgmental way. Um, the, our second guest is Hayley Coyne. Hayley is a financial education expert from the Just Finance Foundation and she brings her knowledge and experience of working within the education sector to deliver financial education programmes support schools across the UK. Um, If our guests could introduce themselves um, now, uh, anything else they want to add? Craig, if we start with you, good morning, Craig. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, everybody. Um, So yeah, as Tom said, I work for GAMCARE. Uh, We're the leading provider of information, advice and support um, to anyone experiencing gambling harms. 
uh, and we're currently delivering the Young People's Gambling Harm Prevention Programme. So we go into schools and other youth settings, uh, we deliver workshops directly to young people, um, and we deliver training to parents and professionals as well. Excellent. And Hayley, if you could introduce yourself as well. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Tom. Hi, Craig. So, as you've already said, my name is Hayley Coyne. I'm the Financial Education Team Lead for the Lifesavers Programme, um, and that's delivered by the Just Finance Foundation. And JFF is a national charity. We're dedicated to improving financial education in the UK. Um, so, the Lifesavers Initiative um, provides a free financial education programme that's available for primary, then, and alternative. I'm not sure if it's just. Go on, carry on. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I'm not. Lucy, to me, Hayley's a little bit muffled. I don't know about you. She is. Um, I was just going to actually message to say, Hayley, if you can uh, adjust your sound slightly or um, maybe um, move so that uh, your microphone's not covered. Mm. Our first conversation's with Craig, so we'll give Hayley 10 minutes just to see um, if she can do anything um, on that one. Um, so today's show is about loot boxes and skin betting. And I hadn't heard of these terms, but I did a bit of reading around them and I realised, oh, hang on a second, I know exactly what these things are. So for those who are wondering, what on earth are loot boxes and what is skin, um, skin betting? Craig, what are these things? They, they do definitely sound like strange things and they weren't something that I had come across until I started in this role. So uh, for those of, who, uh, of you who are wondering, uh, loot boxes are in-game mechanics uh, found in video games or online games, um, game apps, things like that. Uh, they come in a variety of forms. So it could be, it could look like a sort of traditional box. It could look like a treasure chest. Um, a crate um, and and also packs. So if you uh, know anyone who plays uh, the po popular game FIFA, you'll know that there's the ultimate team packs that you can open. Uh, so that that would be a, a form of a loot box as well. Uh, some uh, they some even come in the form of spinning wheels or slot machines. So they're not even attempting to hide the link to gambling there. Um, now you can access loot boxes through gameplay, so you could play the game over and over, get the in-game currency, then you can go into the shop on in the game and, and purchase or open your loot boxes there. Um, or you can purchase in-game currency, um, so you can, you can buy, uh, spend different amounts and get different amounts of currency, and that will allow you to access and open loot boxes quicker. Uh, a lot of the time, a parent's card is going to be attached to the family Xbox or PlayStation account. So often they're unaware this is happening uh, until the bill comes in at the end of the month. Uh, and we have a, a number of young people that come through our support service uh, who have spent thousands of pounds and, and it's not found out until, you know, the bill comes in and, and then the parents realise what's happened. Um, the key thing to remember with loot boxes is that the items you receive are randomized. So the player is essentially risking something of value on the outcome of something involving chance. Uh, and as you can imagine, that's effectively the definition of gambling itself. Um, and then skins, when we talk about skins betting, uh, that is, so the things that you get in the loot box uh, could be a part of a costume, it could be a weapon, 
uh, it could be anything that uh, makes the um, your character look better. So the cosmetic value, they're, they're generally only cosmetic in value. Uh, however, some websites you can go on uh, taking your skins um, and you can uh, sell them, exchange them uh, for real world money. Uh, you can also, which is probably most worrying, you can exchange them for essentially virtual chips that you can go and gamble on unregulated gambling sites, um, which are very difficult. When they, when one shuts down, another one pops up very quickly. So uh, that that is quite concerning to us. Yeah, definitely. And I, you, once you actually explain what these terms actually mean, certainly for people with young children or people who teach, um, say, Key Stage 3, maybe Key Stage 4, um, like I do, then actually you start to realise actually the children we have in front of us are having these conversations and the thing which sort of stands out to me is how much um, loot boxes in particular are popularised on YouTube by streamers, by content creators who will stream to large audiences of you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of people um, about actually, oh my word, look I've got Messi or someone like that and then that encourages people to go and do the same. So as well as the things you've already mentioned, why else are these things a concern? Why should they be a concern for teachers and for the students in front of them? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the concerning thing about those those influences is they're actually paid a lot of the time by the gaming uh, developers. Uh, so they're not actually spending their own money, whereas it, they're kind of encouraging young people to spend more and more and, and try and get that famous player or that that skin that is really sought after and and you know peer pressure is a big thing to to young people it always has been um so when they're trying to get those uh, get the best looking characters the rarest items um it really you know hide, holds them in high esteem with their peers um what's also concerning is uh, the game developers often borrow psychological techniques that are used in the gambling industry um, when they're de when they're developing these loot box mechanics, so if you've ever seen one opened, you might see some bright lights. Uh, you might hear some exciting noises and sounds and music. Uh, it's building anticipation to see what you're going to get, uh, and it's very similar, if not the same, as you might see in in say a slot machine or a fruit machine or arcade machines. Um, and I think as well you're seeing you know there are some popular games that are more popular with older children and, and adults um but we've also seen recently uh, i'm sure you'll be aware of the popular game roblox uh there are casinos now online casinos popping up when where you can spend robux uh, which is the in-game currency uh, and these websites uh, as as you mentioned before they're even targeting young influencers uh, paying them to encourage their followers to subscribe to these sites and then to gamble their Robux on them. Mm. Yeah, that that game in particular is talked about a lot by my younger students, those in year seven, those are, say, year 11, 12 years old. Um, and we, we can imagine what the financial impact of loot boxes and skin betting is. And you talked about sort of families and parents getting the bill at the end of a month and thinking, how on, where on earth is this money all being spent? Um, and I can think of a few stories that have hit the BBC and other media outlets about young children spending lots and lots of money. Um, but what other impact 
does this have um, beyond, say, the financial impact? Yeah, so in our workshops, we look at not only the financial impact, and, and that that's kind of the obvious one with gambling and, and with gaming, right? But uh, gambling and gaming also take away uh, from the young person's development. So they might be spending too much time on these um, these games or, you know, or gambling. Uh, so, you know, they might not be hitting their deadlines. They might not be doing their homework. They might be missing activities with their friends that they would normally be going to. And, you know, that's always, we know that's good for their well-being. Um, that kind of segues on to it affects their well-being as well when they're, when they're doing these things over and over. And in particular, they often they're going to try and hide this from their parents, right? They, they don't want them to find out that they've been spending this money. Um, so they're going to do all they can to to hide that. And that often leads to borrowing money from other people um, and getting into debt that way. Um, and then I, I guess the the other one really is is the relationship. So when they do find out about uh, their gaming and their gambling, um, that can put a tremendous amount of strain on the relationship. Uh, and gambling itself brings a lot of shame and stigma. And that's one thing that we really encourage people to do uh, is to talk about when these things happen and seek the support that you need. And, and that's what we're here for. Um, mm. These these games are everywhere. You know, like that. there was a study back in 2020. It's probably uh, there's probably more top games now, but uh, there's nearly 60 percent of the top games on iPhone and Androids were containing loot boxes uh, and most of those games, nearly 95% were deemed suitable for children. So they're very easy to access. Um, so it, it's really concerning. And, and the problem is a lot of uh, teachers, a lot of parents don't know much about this. So mm. they can't inter intervene when, when this is happening. So just to quickly round up before we go um, back to Hayley, um, you said that oh, there's a lack of awareness from parents and from teachers about these things. What apart? Talk a bit more about your workshops and what else is being done to raise awareness. Yeah, absolutely. So we in our workshops we we talk about uh, what we would call digital harms um, because we recognise there are a lot of gambling-like behaviours that that young people are are participating in, uh, and then we know there's recent research out that young people who spend money on loot boxes are more than 10 times likely to gamble problematically than those who do not sort of later in life. So we we really want to come in and raise awareness. We're not here to say that gaming or gambling are good or bad. Um, we're just wanting to provide the facts uh, so that young people can make informed choices. Uh, and, and then uh, the teachers and the parents and the carers that, that support the young people uh, feel confident that they can have conversations with their children uh, and they know that there's support out there uh, that they can access if they need it. Thank, thank you, Craig. Um, if we could now go to Hayley, and Hayley's going to talk about um, risky situations, particularly with money, and I think one of the key soft skills um, we as teachers can develop with um, our students is how to manage risk, um, not just with money, but money is a good example of how we can do that. So, Hayley, um, why is it important um, to teach about risk and risky situations? 
Well, hopefully you can hear me much better now. Oh, absolutely fabulous. I mean, thinking about the risk and why we should talk to our children, just referring back really to something that Craig said earlier on, it's around skin betting. So I really want to kind of draw on my own personal experiences here. Um, So I recall a few years ago, my daughter, she'd built what she considered to be a magnificent inventory. And this was in the game, Robux. You know, she'd got neon fly rides and avatars and things. She was so proud of this inventory she'd built. And then she'd only, she was scanned out of every single item and she was completely distraught. You know, she was, she was crying. She was visually upset. But then using kind of that pester power, mummy, please, mummy, please, please, please. She, you know, she begged me to buy some more of these digital Robux so she could replace the items she's lost. Now, obviously, being the kind of soft touch kind of parent I am and seeing how upset she was, I caved in and I purchased these Robux, these digital dollars. But thinking about it now, I was technically was giving that money and it was to kind of replace the losses that she'd had in the game. Now, I noticed over a period of weeks, really, this was becoming a recurrent theme. She'd build her inventory. She'd get scammed by another person within the game. She'd get upset. We'd go through the power of the pester where she begged me for more Robux and I'd buy more Robux. And that's where a light bulb come on for me, really. And it was realising that the gameplay um, it was a very similar format to the adult, the adult gaming sites. Now, this kind of this all happened at a time before I'd taken this post for Just Finance Foundation, but it, it made me realise the importance of teaching children about the value of money from early age. You know, it sets them up for future learning um, and how to manage the money, but also knowing the choices that they have, and it allows them to develop a confidence with money, but also making the right decisions as well for their financial health and well-being. So I think that's why it's important to be having these conversations from a young age with children in school and at home as well. Now, we we know from research um, that children form money habits from an early age. So a few years ago, um, the University of Cambridge, they conducted a piece of research and it was in collaboration with the Money and Pension Service. And it was around the developmental stages in the early years. And they found that key money habits are formed by the age of seven and children at this age are forming the core behaviours and habits. So if you think about what they're exposed to and they're playing these games, and I know children as young as three and four are playing these online games where you have to purchase digital dolls and things like that. It's quite a scary statistic when you think about what else they're exposed to at this age and how it will shape how they interact with money when they're older. So this is why really financial education is needed from a young age, because those crucial money skills, they need to be taught before this age in order for the child to develop financial capability in young people. Because by secondary school, which is where financial education is statutory, many of these habits are already formed. So primary age financial education is critical, really. And this is why, you know, the the Lifesaver strategy focuses on ensuring financial education starts from a young age. So we use age appropriate resources suitable from early years and onwards. And, you know, with the younger children, we engage uh, the younger children about the concepts of money through storytelling. Um, We embed financial education in schools through our resources. They're all mapped to the curriculum but we support teachers with training and resources as well, which I think is really important. Uh, You know, the programme is completely free of charge for schools to access and the training we've designed, it's been designed to deliver 
maximum impact in such a short space of time because we know teachers are time poor and we know they don't have um, the resources available to go out and purchase schemes of work to deliver this kind of thing in school. But we know financial education is being spoken about as well, not just by us, not just by GAMCARE, but there was a report in, um, I think it was 2021, so the all-party parliamentary group um, on financial education for young people, which Martin Lewis contributed to. And I'm sure many of your listeners will be familiar with the work that Martin Lewis does and all the, the wonderful campaigns he supports. But that kind of calls on uh, the government to set a target to ensure every primary age school child gets a high quality, effective and sustainable financial education by the end of the decade. And but Financial education and gambling harm awareness, it goes hand in hand. If they haven't got an understanding of um, or the value of money, they're not going to be able to apply that in risky situations that they're putting through these through these online games that they're playing. Thank you, Hayley, for that. Yeah, really important. I think two things which really stood out for me is, first of all, this is relevant for children of all ages um I talk thinking about three and four year olds and thinking about sort of where they are in their development as children um as humans and thinking about actually how they have access to a lot of risk in terms of um financial risk and actually ensuring that financial education is built from a very early age um and also the importance of stories as well and as Willingham says um, 19 years ago I think now 2004 stories are um, of a um, psychologically privileged so our minds treat stories differently than other types of material and those of us like Brent and myself and Tom um, who teach history um, we know the importance of stories when we are um, teaching important um, important parts of our curriculum and so using stories really at any age when you're talking about financial education um, is really really important too so just to sum up there Hayley um, what would you hope that lifesavers are would achieve through their program um, so the Lifesavers program is already very well, a very well established program. So we already provide a high quality, effective and sustainable financial education. As I've already mentioned, it's free to primary schools across the UK, but it's also it's constantly evolving with emerging trends. It responds to need, it's cross-curricular and it's easy to embed. So the program, it's got a whole school approach. We've got age appropriate resources. Um, but more importantly, we've got that qualitative and evidence-based data to support our programmes to show that it does actually work in schools. Now, we already work with an existing network of schools and the, my colleagues that I work with, they're experts in the field. So the programme, it was created by primary practitioners and um, for primary practitioners. And to date, we've engaged with um, around 456 schools across the UK. That means over 122,000 children have already received a meaningful um, financial education as part of our programme. But really what we're trying to achieve um, through the resources is, you know, within the programme, we explore all the things that we can do with our money, spend, save, give, lend, invest and borrow. But more importantly, what we do in relation to our core values. So we want children to develop a generous, wise, thankful and just attitude with our money. And, you know, we put we, we give them 
we discuss financial education within real life contexts to help them get a better understanding um, so it can you know shape the confidence that they have with the money that they can take through with them into their adult life um, so if there are any listeners that um, would like to find out more about our program or engage with our Lifesavers program you know please feel free to reach out and visit our website it's www.justfinancefoundation.org.uk but this really leads us on to the work that we've been doing with GAMCARE as well so we have identified a number of gaps in our offering around risk and gambling harm awareness and it's not something that we currently cover through our Lifesavers resources but we have been supporting GAMCARE through our advocacy work um, to our networks of schools and you know long will that continue so in addition we plan to kind of co-create a resource alongside GAMCARE because they're the experts in the field um, and it's going to be aimed at children in a younger age setting so probably key stage one just to highlight the importance of gambling harm awareness in a simplified way that children will understand. Sounds like a really important and significant impact there Hayley. Um, we've now got 20 minutes or so um, for Q&A and so if you've got any questions about financial education, loot boxes, skin betting, lifesavers um, or anything to do with Talk Money Week then you can do two things if you're listening live. The first thing you can do is on the bottom right hand side of your screen there is a speech bubble you can press the speech bubble and tweet us um, your question and we will pin it to the top of the space. So Graham Gaines has said health and well-being is a major part of curriculum now. So financial education should feature as part of that. I don't think anybody here would disagree with that. And the second thing you can do um, on the bottom left hand side of your screen is there is a request to speak um, icon as well. So if you want to ask um, Hayley and Craig your question not by tweeting but by speaking then that bottom left hand side of your screen um, is where you would call in to ask a question about financial education about loot boxes about skin betting about life savings about talk money week so if we kick this off um, and for our first question we'll start with Craig and then go to Hayley so our first question is why should financial education like learning about online gambling um, risks be part of a statutory health education um, program in primary and secondary schools. So Craig, if you want to start with that one, so why should financial education like learning about online gambling risks be part of um, the statutory health education curriculum in primary and secondary schools? Yeah, sure thing. So as, as Hayley said, it's hugely important that children and young people receive this information at an early age. Uh, with gambling in particular, children can participate in gambling for a very early age in, in the forms of arcades, so the penny pushers, the claw machines. These are regulated forms of gambling. You know, they can't legally drink alcohol, use drugs. You know, they can't participate in other risky behaviours, but they get education on all of those topics. Uh, and gambling is, is often uh, left to till the bottom. So, um, you know, we know that from research into prevention that it needs to start from an early age and the sooner we can introduce the concepts of risk, chance, odds, um, you know, talking about how the gambling industry makes money, you know, it's not a good way to make money. They are, they are the ones that are, that are reaping the benefits. Uh, you know, the more informed the, the young person can be. So when they are presented with these choices later in life, you know, they've got the information that they need to, to make, make the ones that suit them. 
Knowledge is very important. Um, our curriculum changes in the last few years have prioritised knowledge, and so knowledge about financial education is really important. Hayley, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I suppose, really. I mean, if you think about, you know, how did you learn about money? And if you think about what our children are exposed to now, what they see and what they don't see, so they no longer kind of see mum's purse full of notes and coins. And that was something I grew up with. You know, my mum, I know my mum did the budgeting. She'd go to the post office once a week and the money in the purse was what she had available to spend. But children don't see that anymore. And it's not because of the cost of living crisis. You know, unfortunately, we are becoming an increasingly cashless society. Now, hopefully we'll never become fully cashless. Um, there are always going to be people that want to use cash for various reasons. And for me, having a currency kind of gives you a sense of identity. But then also, you know, I know I keep um, drawing on my personal experiences, really. Um, but one of my drivers for wanting to work with GAMCARE and Gambling Harm Awareness is something I'm very passionate about and why I want it to, to be integrated into our lifesavers resources is in my adult life, I've seen firsthand the impact and devastation that gambling and gambling addiction can have. You know, it destroys lives and families and it can be quite difficult to identify. So with alcohol and drugs, the addiction can be quite visible, you know, through a person's appearance or behaviour. And like Craig said, you know, people with gambling addiction, they can hide it, it can be masked. Um, but, you know, there's not always the obvious signs. And, and I spoke to the person that had this terrible affliction recently, and they said one of the most difficult things that they were not able to grasp when they were in the grip of addiction, when they was playing these online games, be you know, roulette or online bingo, is was it, it never felt like it was real money that they were playing with. And those were the words of an adult. And that's quite scary, really. If you think about you've got three-year-olds playing with digital dollars, and then you've got an adult doing something very similar, and they were unable to grasp the concept that that virtual money was actually connected to real physical money obviously you know they knew about the impact afterwards but I think that's why it's really important to be having these conversations in school and at home from a young age because talking little and often is a great way to secure learning um, and I think that's why it's important that financial education is perfectly married with gambling harm awareness and it, you know it's, it's just needed in school at a time now where the world is becoming you know it's a it's a virtual platform everything is done online I'm very much guilty of being part of the click and collect nation where one of your children asks for you something and then you pick up your phone you click a button and it magically arrives the next day and they haven't seen that exchange of money so how are they going to understand the value of it you know, if you can imagine being a five-year-old in the supermarket and mum's gone to the till, she's paid for a shopping through the self-service and then she taps the card and she gets some cash back and this money magically spits out of the machine and, you know, they, they, they go away with it. It's, you know, what what's going through that child's mind? So if you can talk to children about money, whether it be digital or physical cash, so they really appreciate the value of where it comes from, how we can look after it, how it helps, helps other people and with the risk as well. Um, I think it's really going to support them as they go on into their adult lives. Fantastic. Thank you, um, Hayley. And yeah, that idea about needing to talk. Um, if you do do one thing um, this week, um, TTI listeners, then do talk about money. Um, our next question, sort of a follow up, really. And again, we'll start with Craig on this one. Um, so when we talk about financial education being part of um, statutory education, um, how are the two of you working together to help achieve this? 
Just Finance Foundation proudly sponsors Teachers Talk Radio for Talk Money Week. Join us from Saturday the 4th of November for a week of incredible guests and thought-provoking discussions on how teachers can talk about money in the classroom. Tune in, be inspired and empower the future generation. Teachers Talk Radio, sponsored by Just Finance Foundation, helping children manage money wisely. Visit our website for the schedule and details, justfinancefoundation.org.uk. Yeah, so I mean, we've got quite a large delivery team, um, some fabulous people out there. So we've got 20 education and training leads uh, that cover everywhere uh, from Northern Ireland through England and Wales. Uh, but we can't reach every corner of that without enlisting the support and partnering with other organisations that do similar work to us. And, you know, if we want to go into like our programme at the moment uh, for age 11 to 19, so we do a bit of key stage two, uh, but if we want to move into key stage one, we need to talk to the experts who are already in that field. And, and you know, this opens doors, this develops better resources, and it creates new opportunities for us to promote each other's work and ensure our programmes get the widest possible coverage. Brilliant. Thank you, Craig. And Hayley, um, how are you working together to help achieve this? Yeah, again, echoing um, kind of what, what Craig said. I mean, they're the experts in their field. And as I've already mentioned, we've identified gaps in what we're trying to achieve through our programme. So working with the experts to help us shape and develop our resources to make sure that we're reaching those younger children and giving, giving them an awareness of, of kind of gambling harm and the risks. That's really, you know, the ultimate outcome. Um, you know, Craig's already said they work with large numbers of secondary schools, whereas our audience is predominantly primary. Um, but we know the younger children are being impacted by this risk um, and kind of through these online game platforms and things like that. So supporting each other, you know, we've been great advocates of each other's work, signposting when we're talking to networks of schools and things like that. I can talk passionately about the work that GAMCARE do. Fantastic, thank you. And it's great to hear that you're working together on this. Now, Noreen has come in as a speaker. Now, Noreen, if it's okay with you, I'm going to hold on um, for your question for another five minutes, if that's okay. Um, because we've got another question. It's sort of linked to what Brent has said, um, which is how can financial education and gambling awareness be weaved into the existing curriculum? And Brent's question was, um, is financial education still in the maths curriculum as a subject? They have the time to educate on this, along with learning about money. Too often, this is an afterthought um, in PSHE. My understanding is that financial education is a part of a maths curriculum. Hayley, can you um, shed any light on that and also how how it can be weaved into the existing curriculum sure. um, elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, our resources are very much cross-curricular in the in the approach to learning about money, and they've been designed purposely like that because we know, you know, teachers' timetables are absolutely overrun, and they've got so much that they've got to deliver in the classroom as part of the curriculum. So we didn't want it to be a burden, something additional that they had to do. So if you do, uh, for example, one of our Lifesavers lessons, it's very much cross-curricular. So there's links to English, there's links to PSHE, um, there's strong links to maths, obviously, which they're very much evident. But we've even got links to science, art and design, D&T. You know, we want to open up... Um, the topics for discussion to have. We want parents, children, teachers to have that open dialogue with the children in the classroom to have those discussions and the debates and things like that. So our approach to learning about money um, 
you know, as I've already mentioned, it's, it's very cross-curricular in, in its approach. So that's how it can be easily weaved through the curriculum in primary schools. Thank you for that, Hayley. I've just been on a little bit of digging for you, Brent. My, my new understanding is that in England, which is where you teach just down the road from me, um, financial education is statutory national curriculum only in secondary schools as part of citizenship and maps. And this is what I've, the details I've got in front of me, Brent, are the following. It says people should be taught about the functions and uses of money, budgeting, managing risk, credit and debt, insurance, savings and pensions, financial service, and applying maps to financial contexts, such as calculating interest. While specific um, financial education is not a requirement in primary schools, the maps curriculum does include um, some learning about money, such as understanding pounds and pence using coins and calculating change. And then all schools are expected to deliver PSHE, including some financial education using guidance provided by the PSHE Association. So Brent, I hope that answers your question. Just because it's not statutory in primary school it certainly doesn't mean we should avoid it and if as we've learned anything from the last um, half an hour is that these conversations are just as important if not more important um, for young um, people and children at key stage two key stage one and the early years um, if we go to craig then um, anything you want to add about how financial education and gambling awareness can be weaved into the existing curriculum yeah absolutely i like i mean currently education around gambling themes appears in the program of study for PSHE education. Uh, so it's in key stage two under economic well-being and money. Uh, it's in key stage three under managing risk and personal safety. Um, and key stage four also under economic well-being and money, uh, but also financial choices. So it's really good for us to see that there. Um, gambling's also appeared for the first time uh, in September 2021. Uh, in the relationships and sex education guidance, so under physical health and mental well-being for secondary school students. Um, the Internet Safety and Harm section states that pupils should know the risks related to online gambling, uh, including the accumulation of debt and how advertising and information are targeted at them. Uh, and then we also see it in the statutory guidance for schools and colleges for keeping students safe in education. Um, which was updated in September 2022, I believe. Uh, so under the commerce section there, um, that includes making students aware of the risks such as online gambling, uh, inappropriate advertising, phishing and, and financial scams. Um, so this gives us a lot more relevance in schools now. And we certainly have noticed in the past year or so that there's more interest from schools in covering these topics. Um, but we know that there's still a lot more work to do. Fantastic. Thank you. So we've got the foundations in place. We've got a lot of opportunities, but yes, um, still more work to do, which I think is very, you know, very important. Um, Paul has said from a primary point of view, time and money are usually the worst two units to teach and the ones that many people struggle with. Not entirely sure why a pencil pound sign throws them so much. Um, is it worse than Roman numerals, Paul? That's a question I've got to ask you as a primary teacher, um, because I hear all sorts of wonderful things about um, primary teachers teaching Roman numerals, but we might what we will do after um, we hear from Hayley and Craig on our last um, scheduled question, we might delve into that a little bit, Paul, if you want to call in. So we can't do anything really in schools 
as well as we possibly can without the support of senior leaders, because senior leaders are the ones who set the strategy, they run the operations, and if you've got the support of a senior leader, then the chances of implementing something are a hundred times more success and more likely to succeed. So how can senior leaders in school support financial education um, like this? Um, if we start with Haley and then go to Craig on that one. So um, how can senior leaders in school support financial education? Yeah, I think they just got to see the value of um, delivering financial education in school. And for us, I mean, talking about my experience, it's, it's, you know, a teacher can read anything you can send out, you know, an email, you can, they can be an advert in a local newspaper, they can be an ad on Facebook or social media. But when we actually get the opportunity to sit down in front of a, somebody from a senior leadership team and tell them about our programme and show them the resources, it's only then that we kind of, you know, we're 99% guaranteed to get that person signed up and on board um you know it's just making them giving them awareness and appreciation of how our resources can be integrated into their school curriculum so it's not something additional that they have to do we've mapped all of our resources to the curriculum so they don't have to kind of go away and reinvent the wheel and through our training you know it's very light touch but we give them ideas and inspiration um, of what financial education might look like in their school we explore what they're doing already so where they might hook our resources in again so it's not something additional that they have to do i think slt if they can get on board if they can make financial education as part of the school improvement plan we find that's a real tick for ofsted as well but i think it's just a really valuable and important life skill that children need to have you know just thinking about again my own personal life experiences and the issues i've had with one of my children around you know on online gaming and things like that. I'm not the only parent or person that I've said these. These are things that are coming out of all the teachers that I speak to. Um, and it, it just really highlights the need from financial education, starting from a young age, but having the discussions around gambling harm awareness as well. Fantastic. And yeah, um, I, I, I don't do things for Ofsted. I do things for children. And that's, if that's the mindset we have, then um, having financial education in our schools is a must. Um, Craig, um, how else can senior leaders um, in school support financial education by like what we've talked about this morning? Uh, I think it's important to acknowledge the pressure schools are under in this current climate. We know, you know, with limited resources, struggles with recruitment, increasing pressure to deliver more and more diverse topics. You know, we understand it can be difficult uh, and that's where we come in. So what I would say is for senior leaders to utilise the expertise that we at GAMCARE and JFF possess to their advantage. Our programme is fully funded, so there's no cost involved to the school. Uh, we can provide a passionate and dedicated person with expertise to come into your school and deliver these sessions for you. Uh, our team are brilliant at engaging the class and providing an interactive and safe space for, for students to discuss these important issues. Uh, we've, we've got experience delivering to over 100,000 young people now as part of this program. Uh, and our youth work at GAMCARE has an advanced accreditation from the National Youth Agency. So we are proven in this area. Uh, and you know we would be delighted to come and deliver these gambling awareness sessions uh, in in your schools and, and also train your staff, speak to your parents. Um, if anyone is interested that's listening, um, they can contact hello at bigdeal.org.uk. Uh, Big Deal is our youth-facing website, which is a really useful 
resource and it has advice for parents and professionals there as well. Um, and I just want to add um, as well on the end of that, we know some people listening may be struggling with these issues. Um, so if you are, GamCare's here to help. Uh, we run the National Gambling Helpline, uh, which is available 24-7. Uh, and you can contact that on 0808 8020133. So I really would encourage you if you are struggling to reach out and, and have a chat with someone. Really important point there. Um, thank you, Craig. Now, Noreen, you've been really, really patient. Um, what would you like to add to today's discussion? Thank you, Tom. Um, Craig sort of answered my question. I was just going to ask um, that if, if a teacher is delivering a lesson on gambling or if a student goes home and talks about what they've done at school that day and one of the parents has a problem with gambling, how can we support that parent or that teacher? Yeah, I think it's a really important question about supporting you know, all people, in, in, particularly in the post-pandemic society we live in and with particular cost of living pressures that have arisen in the last year and a bit as well. Um, yeah, I think it's really important from my perspective here as a teacher um, here is to say that these issues are safeguarding issues and should be treated like an, any other safeguarding issue um, where um, it involves financial struggles and pressures and a child is talking to a teacher or to another child about this. Um, and as ever with any safeguarding issue, um, the advice is never do nothing. Um, if it gives you... A worry, no matter how small you may think it is, it may be part of the jigsaw, um, but your safeguarding leads and your pastoral team are missing. Um, so it may, and it may help to explain other behaviours um, that a child exhibits in the classroom as well. So I think that's a really important point and a really important question. My, my, um, uh, my, yeah, I was thinking more of from the teacher's point of view. If that, if a teacher has a gambling problem and has not mm. obviously told their colleagues about it and then is expected to uh, and is then asked to deliver a lesson on that 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 teacher might may find it hard um, I'm just wondering how how does one how would um, it, uh, obviously SLT can't go around asking everybody do you have a gambling problem or not before asking them before uh, mm. the, the curriculum is designed but uh, how, how do we get around this I think if it's raised to a colleague about another colleague, then again, follow your school's procedures on that. Any Anything from Hayley or Craig that they can add on that about um, teachers who may be asked to deliver aspects of financial education, um, but maybe struggling with issues themselves? Yeah, really good point there. Um, so I just wanted to highlight, we, we've got a support service specifically for young people um, and and their parents um, and and any professional can get in touch with them or parent. Uh, we work with parents as what we call affected others, um, so affected by someone else's gambling or gaming. But in terms of a teacher, I mean, I guess it's a difficult one, and that's why gambling's we call it the hidden addiction, right? Like likely that teacher's colleagues would never have known that that teacher had an issue, uh, and now that teacher's presented with you know having to deliver a session. Uh, on gambling um, as I say like our program like we would come and deliver that session for them um, but for that teacher I guess once you find 
find out. It's about signposting and, you know, supporting that person to get the support that they need. Um, they can contact the National Gambling Helpline, as I mentioned. Uh, they can refer themselves in if they're ready um, for for treatment. Uh, we can deliver that as well. But it depends on the severity of it as well. But I, again, I would encourage them to talk about it and find out what what's going on for that person. Yeah, I think many teachers, I mean, a lot of people who have gambling addictions are often in denial about it. And it might be only up until the point where they start delivering a session around gambling that that kind of light bulb moment comes on and they realise that they have actually got an issue. Um, so I think, you know, as, as Craig said, there's lots of signposts and things go on for you, for your programs and resources, which is absolutely fantastic. But yeah, I think a lot of gamblers are in denial about the, the issues that they have. I think that's very similar to a lot of addictions as well. And I think particularly a lot of issues around addiction in general have been raised in the last couple of weeks um at a sort of celebrity level and i think it's really important that we have those open safe spaces for anybody um to discuss um particular issues as well um, not just for students but also for adults as well um noreen anything else you wanted to ask or add um no fine thank you finding this really useful actually thank you Really Thank you. Well, do, please, do please share the podcast um, with your networks as well once we publish it um, later. Um, Paul has added, I think the growing difficulty is that children have less and less opportunity to use money out of school. After COVID, how many people carry cash, even carry change? We're on the cusp of a fully electronic system, meaning that money lessons as we know it would change. Um yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I think it links a lot to what we've already discussed um, about um, when sort of parents go and do their weekly shop and they pay with their contactless card and then they get some cash back and the money comes out. And what's going through um, a child's mind when they're watching that and also the things we've discussed um, from very start about loot boxes and this idea that actually um, young people don't understand the value of money because these transactions or micro transactions which are often not micro um, they don't feel really like real money um, Hayley Craig anything you want to add um, there in, answer, in response to Paul's question No, I think through, I mean, through our financial education program that we provide, we explore, we, we explore money through real life context. So we do talk about, you know, uh, online banking and things like that. Um, so whether a child is using physical money or uh, digital money, we want them to have an understanding and awareness of the impact that it can have with the risky behaviours and things like that. And I'm just thinking back to a conversation that I had with a teacher a short while ago. And he was, you know, he was telling me about his first memory of money. And I kind of know of going off subject here a little bit. But he said he always remembers going to the bank once a week with his mum to draw the money out, which is where, you know, so she had her money for shopping and to pay the bills and so forth and so forth. And he said this went on for a number of weeks. And he said, you know, I said to my brother, I think we're going to run out of money. And he said, well, why? He said, because my mum's always taking money out of the bank, but she's never putting it in. 
And they went on a scavenger hunt looking for Fretney bits to give to the mum so she could pay it into the bank. Now, obviously, he didn't know that they had salaries and things like that being paid into the bank account. But he's kind of having that conversation in reverse with our children. So I know I very much had this happen to me myself. You know, you'd be in the supermarket, one of your children wants something and you say, no, you can't have it this week. You know, I haven't got enough money. Or And they, they, they say, just put it on your card. You know, they just think cards have got this magical endless supply of money attached to it. So, you know, through the Lifesavers programme, they're the kind of things that we explore and that we want the children to have a good understanding of. Thank you. Um, and hopefully, Paul, that's helped you there. Craig, anything you wanted to add in response to Paul? Uh, yeah, just from a gambling perspective, I mean, the the last gambling act was 2005. The first smartphone came out in 2007. So thankfully there is a review going on at the moment and hopefully we'll get some legislation that matches the digital world. But you know, when we're talking to young people, we, we acknowledge that like, we need to know what activities they're participating in. There's no point in us talking about going into a bookmakers if they are doing most of their gambling online. Uh, and we're really lucky to have a youth advisory board at GAMCARE, which uh, has been running for about 18 months, two years now. Um, and it's attached to the Duke of Edinburgh scheme. So we've got a group of young people who we can run things past. And we've got a finger on the pulse, I guess, so that we can make sure what we're telling people in schools is really current and relevant. That's fantastic. Thank you, Craig. Um, so that brings... An end to our conversation with Hayley and Craig. If you do have any more questions, um, please do um, add them in. If you're listening live, then that speech bubble in the bottom right-hand corner um, will allow you to tweet us your questions. Um, or if you want to speak, um, then you can press the request button in the bottom left-hand side of your screen as well. If you're listening back to this as a podcast on demand, um, then first of all, do check out all of our other shows, ttradio.org forward slash listen back. Um, but also, if you do have a question based on anything that's been raised, um, then do tweet us at ttradioofficial, and you can tweet the Just Finance, Just Finance, Just Finance Foundation as well, at Just Finance FDN. Um, so let's sort of reflect on what we've discussed um, today. We've been talking about loot boxes and we've been talking about skin betting and the importance of raising awareness of the um, impact and concerns of online gambling. And you may not have known what loot boxes and skin betting were um, before um, today. And if you did have a, some understanding of them, you may not necessarily afford a teacher of them um, when gambling came to your mind. I think um, a lot of teachers, when they think of gambling, think about betting and think about um, sort of over 18 bookmakers and other things as well. So loot boxes and skin betting don't really um, come to mind. And they do have a really big impact. We know that they're popularised um, by some very popular um, video games and by content creators and uh, YouTubers who are often paid by um, by organisations and um, games um, creators. Um, it, it's not actually their money, but they're giving the impression that it is. And that's what young people are seeing and that's what young people are being influenced by and it doesn't just affect children who are in secondary school primary school children key stage one and even the early years um, can be are affected as well and so it's really important that you know what we've discussed today um, 
through lifesavers and through um, GAM care as well, is providing age-appropriate resources to these young people. And one really important and good way we can do that is through stories. Um, it's really important um, to use stories whenever we're teaching anything, but particularly hard-hitting issues like financial education, um, because they are psychologically privileged, because they are easier to remember, particularly for younger people. Um, and, you know, presenting new knowledge and new information in the form of a story is really important. And we talked about some of the particular issues um, with building financial education foundations, thinking about what's sort of missing in that mental model of financial education um, for young people and the key thing is that for a lot of young people as Paul said and as our guests Hayley and Craig have made it clear as well for a lot of young people transactions um, particularly um, on online games um, it doesn't feel like real money and you know the click and collect culture we have nowadays and contactless and paying on your mobile phone um, it does lead to young people not always understanding the true value of money and that's why we need to talk not just about physical cash as historically we have but about digital spending as well and that's why these fully funded programs with their expert delivery um, are so so important and it's important that we give that safe space for students to discuss these issues. And we've got to in involve all stakeholders. Um, senior leaders need to be the impetus behind delivering change in our schools and raising the issues and making time and space for these um, in the curriculum, not just bolting it on but slotting it in. We need to ensure that teachers are trained and well equipped um, to answer any questions that our young people have. We need to ensure that we communicate with parents and provide, um, you know, the signposts for those who may need it. And it's also, of course, very important um, that students learn about these things as well. So we've kick-started Talk Money Week. Um, if you missed the start of the show, this week is an opportunity for everyone to get involved with events and activities across the UK which help people have more open conversations about their money from pocket money to pensions and also to continue these conversations all year round. So next week, whether you're going back to work after half term, it's the second week back, then please do use this week as an opportunity to talk about any aspect of money. And this year's theme for Talk Money Week is do one thing. So I'm asking you, our Teachers Talk Radio listeners, um, to do one thing that could help improve your financial well-being, to make a noise about it and to inspire other people to do the same. It could be as simple as checking the address on your pension. It could be as simple as talking to you, the students in front of you or your child if you're a parent or a guardian about pocket money. All that matters really is that we get people talking about money together. So it's um, a big thank you to Haley and to Craig. We've got three more shows coming up this week for Talk Money Week. We have a show, Innovation in Financial Education, providing support for teachers. That's on Monday at 7.30pm, hosted by Hannah Wilson. On Wednesday, we have at 7.30 a show hosted by Tom Rogers about credit unions. What is the difference? So think about financial education through credit unions. And then finally, on Thursday um, at 7.30 as well, we have um, another show with Hannah Wilson all about is financial education equal and adapting financial education for AP and SEMH 
learners. So, yeah, Just Finance Foundation has taken over Teachers Talk Radio for a week. And this is show one of four. You can listen back to all of our shows on our website, ttradio.org forward slash listen back. If you'd like to host, drop us a DM at TT Radio Official or drop us an email at info at ttradio.org. Thank you, Hayley. Thank you, Craig. No, thank you for the opportunity to allow us to um, raise awareness of the school programmes that we're doing through um, the Lifesavers and through GAMCARE. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Tom. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Absolutely brilliant. And we'll leave um, you with um, Noreen's um, takeaway, which is talk to your children about money. It doesn't come from cards or holes in the walls. Talk to children about dangers of gambling. If you are affected, then there are plenty of places you can go to. So without further ado, that is the end of today's show. Thank you to Hayley and to Craig. And we'll see you soon on Teachers Talk Radio. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.